Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. In the name of Jesus, amen. Jesus as the good shepherd. There's nothing more comforting and serene as this picture. John chapter 10, Psalm 23, those texts are typically used for funerals. And why not? They speak of the good shepherd leading his flock to green pastures, the still waters, the paradise of us living in the house of the Lord forever. However, I think there's something missing in this picture. Most of our pictures of Jesus as the good shepherd don't show a guy who's supposed to be sleeping and working outside, and there's a surprising lack of dirt. Most Sunday school pictures that we have with our children and Jesus as the good shepherd don't strike me as the kind of guy who would smell like sheep or even do the be around the sheepy things that sheep do. We don't typically think of the good shepherd trudging through the rocky Palestinian hills in search of a patch of grass with a bunch of stubborn, smelly sheep. Instead, we always tend to see the good shepherd walking through a field of wildflowers with happy frolicking lambs bouncing around him and the music might swell in the background and it's almost like some sort of weird commercial for fabric softener. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. The good shepherd is a comforting image. It's nostalgic for us. We should hold on to it. We like the idea of never lacking for anything. We like the idea of having a table prepared before us, a banquet in the presence of our enemies. We like the idea of still waters and green pastures. It's a gentle image of power. It's a gentle image that shows us somebody is in control amongst the uncontrollable of our world. And isn't that what we really want of Jesus? We want Jesus to tame what is wild and unruly and uncontrollable in our world. We want him to take the crook of his staff and solve the unsolvable and answer the unanswerable stuff in life. We want Jesus to protect and defend against the thieves, the bandits, the illnesses, the despair of the world, against those things that come only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Regardless of what we want, though, eventually we come to the face, to the face of realities, that this world is still wild and unruly, there are still questions without answers that there are still thieves and bandits in this world. And this world is hell-bent on destruction. And there is always that looming enemy of death. Death which has stung us harder this past year than in many other years. But in reality, if anyone really needs to be tamed by Jesus' staff, we should really start by looking in the mirror. Who doesn't desire a good shepherd bringing peace and comfort and even order to our lives? Turn on the news or social media. Read the websites. See all the more how we live in a broken world. So the question is really, where in the world is the good shepherd? Where is he in the midst of all of the violence, the kidnappings, the executions, the, gun, the guns and bombs going off? Where is he in the midst of the violence with our people and our neighbors and our friends and our own streets? Where is the good shepherd when the money is running thin 
when the doctors say there is no cure for you? Where is the good shepherd as war drums are seemingly beginning to bounce once again? Where is the good shepherd that will sanitize all that is wrong with the world, who will clean up the messy and misplaced areas of our lives? These questions are all being asked by us and especially by those who are outside of the church. And honestly, they are valid questions to raise. We are stuck. If you haven't checked out lately, we are really stuck. We're stuck in a world of violence and chaos and envy and of people tearing each other apart, tearing each other down even, all so that we can climb our social and media ladders. We are stuck in a world where death still looms over us, where sin keeps growing more and more, and where we are only concerned about ourselves. And where all of us standing here today, myself included, are knee-deep and shoulder-high in the filth of those sins. We are seemingly in a world where the Good Shepherd is sort of checked out, maybe given up given up trying to lead and guide his flock. I think that's because we have the wrong picture in mind of the Good Shepherd. So often we like to think of the Good Shepherd as one who leads us to safety, leading the sheep back into the pen. But that's not really the case. If you go back earlier to John chapter 10, you hear this, the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. First off, listen to what we just heard. He calls you by name. That is what happened in your baptism. He called you by name. He said, you are now mine. But did you see what else happened after the calling by name? The shepherd arrives at the sheep pen and he doesn't lock it shut. He doesn't say, there, there, now you're all safe and secure. No harm will get you. He opens up the gate and he calls the sheep out of the safety of the walled off pen and they follow the shepherd. No safety, but to the open to the wilderness, to the pasture. The shepherd comes to call out his sheep from safety into the pasture where there is abundant life. I've never raised sheep, but I know enough to the fact where if you just keep them in the pen all the time, they're going to become very unhealthy. They're going to grow sick and they're going to die. They need to roam. They need to eat grass. They need to find that place where there is abundant life. But abundant life is not the same thing as the safe life, mind you. Out beyond the sheep pen, there is most certainly green pasture and still waters, but there are still also roaming predators, wolves, and bandits. There are those who wish to harm us, even steal us away from Jesus, all in the name of religion. And there is also the valley of the shadow of death that we graze in. But as he calls us out, he reminds us that he's always been outside of the sheep pen, 
going out to seek and to save the lost, going out where the danger truly is, where the losers in life are truly found without hope. And he calls us to join him and them side by side. He calls us to go out as his body, his flock, to give and to show love and mercy to all around us. But we simply do not go out to trudge on our own. We are with the Good Shepherd. He knows us, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we know Him. I am the Good Shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Notice what the Good Shepherd has done. He has laid down his life for the sheep. Something unheard of in a common understanding of shepherds and sheep. Jesus is the good shepherd who steps in to do the dirty work. He guards and protects the flock from ravenous wolves who want nothing more than a mutton sandwich. And he will feed his flock even if it means feeding the flock himself with his own flesh and blood. He has come to hear the muck and the mire and the dirt of your sins to hear them all and to forgive all of those sins. And what's more is the good shepherd will seek us out. He will search us out near and far, lost and hiding in silence. That is what the good shepherd does. He cares for his flock as his very own and in all that we face. So what does this have to do with us today, you might say? There are two things that I want you to keep in mind today as you leave. When you come here, you do not come here as individuals. Yes, I know, you're all individuals. And everything in this world that you live in today is all about your individuality. Think about it. You go to a restaurant. And if you've got three or four or six or eight of you sitting at their table, you're all going to order whatever you individually want, and you're going to have it your way. Everything that you have, your cars, your clothes, everything speaks to you about individuality, and everything in this world is screaming at you to be individual, to be yourself, to be you and you alone, and that's perfectly fine in a lot of ways but it's also dangerous in a lot of ways. Because as human beings, whether you realize it or not, you are also about a people of being together with communities. Communities like the church. Communities like baseball teams. Communities like sewing groups. Communities that we're trying to establish here where people can come together and speak about their grief in life. Communities, we want to gather together around other people who have the same common things in mind. But when we talk about this as being a community, everything that is individual about us is really checked at the door. Because as we gather together in here, we gather together as the body of the Good Shepherd. The many become the one body. 
And every last one of us in here has been given special talents and gifts and abilities to bring that body together into one living organism. But in the same sense, we don't hold ourselves up here in the sheep pen. This is where we are cleaned up in our baptism, where we are made pure and holy through the absolution that Christ gives us today. It's where we are fed with his body and blood as he sets a table before us in the presence of our enemies. But that door will open up. And as you leave this place here today, you go out, yes, as individuals, but you go out also as the body of Christ to show mercy to others. We leave this place for a few moments. We come to this place for a few moments. We will leave this place and you will once again enter into the trenches of life, the valley of the shadow of death, into the wilderness and beyond. And that's the second thing that I want you to think about today. We come into this place as a flock, as a community, but we also go out there into the darkness, into the danger, into this broken world with the good shepherd leading you. Even through your darkest and most trying and painful days, he will lead you and guide you and he will always bring you back to his words of forgiveness and love and mercy. He will always bring you back to this table in the presence of your enemies. Even if you stray, and some of you will, trust me, I'm right there with you. Even if you stray, he will seek you out. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, we heard today. And I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord. I will seek the lost and I will bring back the strayed and I will bind up the injured and I will strengthen the weak. This isn't about you coming in here as a community saying, boy, we're rough and tough sheep. We really got this all down. We come in battered, bruised, and beaten by the world. And he binds up our injuries. And he strengthens you with himself. The good shepherd is not good because he fixes everything, but because he has tasted death and has walked out of that empty tomb, all to raise himself from the dead so that you might be raised from the dead. Christ is risen! He is risen indeed. Alleluia. This is Jesus, your good shepherd, who will lead you even in the face of the grave. Your, their might, as we just sang at the beginning here, is but a joke. Death is but a joke for us because he is risen from the dead. Your last breath, your last time to close your eyes on this decaying world will lead you to those tender and wonderful promises of Christ. Death, where is your sting? Grave, where is your victory? Christ is risen. Is risen the good shepherd will lead you through the valley of the shadow of death by his own death and resurrection. And because of that, we need not fear. We do not fear death. We do not even fear what others can do to us. We do not even fear the world. For you were straying like sheep, but now have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. In Christ you are free. Free to live and to love and to have mercy on others because of what the good shepherd has given to you himself. 
His love will move and guide you even through a world that is hell-bent on our destruction. And through all of that, through all that we face, Jesus, your good shepherd, is here. We like to talk about Psalm 23 and how the fact that Jesus is our good shepherd and how goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I've mentioned this before, but it bears worth repeating. That following all the days of our life is not a good translation. It really says goodness and mercy shall pursue me all the days of my life. His goodness and mercy will pursue you all the days of your life. So that as we gather here together today and tomorrow and all these other times, there will be one flock under one shepherd who has laid down his life for you so that you may always be sure in him that you have life and life abundantly. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.